Welcome to this episode of the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of our body here at Desert Springs. My name is Chase Jacobs, and with me as always is Drew Hodge, and we are pleased to announce today that we have our second guest, Pastor Ron Giese, Dr. Ron Giese, Executive Pastor at Desert Springs and Hebraist, uh, a professor of Old Testament at Liberty University still, is that right? Yes. So still teach there online and was there residentially for, I don't know, 17, 18 years. Today we're going to be talking about uh, a discipline that we should all be growing in, but especially in this time as the Lord has maybe freed up some bandwidth for each of us, and that is uh, the discipline of scripture memorization, which uh, Ron, you are uh, an expert in. We were taking bets on how what percentage of the Bible you actually have memorized. So what was the over-under on how much Bible Ron had memorized? Oh, is it is it at 60%? I was thinking it was definitely over half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like 62.5%. That sounds about over right. Over-under. Ron, what would you half say? Half of what? The whole Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we read about people, uh, there's some scribes called the Masterites in the Middle Ages that um, had the whole Bible, which to them was our Old Testament, uh, memorized, and uh, I'm not even at 2 or 3%. So, yeah, you guys are way, <laughs> oh, way, way, over, way, way, way over. But they would have that much of the Bible memorized, yeah, the whole Old Testament. Yeah. Incredible. Well, Ron, we just hold you in really high esteem, obviously, uh, when it comes to this spiritual discipline. To get us going on this topic, is the discipline of Scripture memory in the Bible? Yeah, it's, it's there all over the place. Now, uh, I would say maybe two reasons why it's there uh, quite a bit. Uh, one is that even though we don't have the word memorize or memorization, we've got a sister word, which is remember, and that occurs hundreds of times. Mm. And most of those hundreds of times are not Abraham remembered to bring milk home from the grocery store. It's remember God, his acts, his words. Mm. Uh, and then the second reason I think it's there all over the place is even more important, and that is that we've got the concept there. So you guys might have heard, you know, is Trinity that word in the Bible? No, but the teaching is dozens of places. We could say the same thing of Scripture memory. A verse like Psalm 119, verse 11, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you, that's clearly memory. And there are dozens of verses like that. You guys could probably think of a few that teach memory without the word memorize. Mm, like, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Great one. So, maybe would you say if we come across that word remember in the Bible, we might exchange it with memorize and see if that sheds some new light on, on the meaning of that passage. That's a really good thought, yes. I would agree with that. Since we're talking about it in the Bible, how would the original audience of Psalm 119 have understood what the psalmist wrote in treasuring up would they not have understood it as Scripture memory? Yes, without any doubt. Of course, Psalm 118, a great example, because there are dozens of verses there that teach explicitly or indirectly that we memorize God's Word. A couple of practical reasons, and then maybe one that's ten times more important as to why they'd memorize that. The practical reasons would be uh, we're at, in the whole ancient world, over a 90%, many say over 95% illiteracy rate, so people could not, they could talk, obviously, but not read or write. Then a second practical implication is having your own Bible in written form was super, super expensive. So think of it this way. Uh, for only the book of Habakkuk, you'd have to go out, you'd have to buy a lamb, kill the lamb, 
prepare the skin. There are five stages involved in that. Hire a friend that knows calligraphy. They've got to hire two friends to proofread because we're talking about God's word here, not a letter to a friend. It's got to be right down to the very letter. And uh, by the end of that long and expensive process, you've only got the book of Habakkuk as a scroll. Now, with that said, those two barriers are removed in our day, right? Most people can read and write in our country, and it's not hard to get your own copy of the Bible. So the, the reason that's 10 times more important is that there is a value to meditating on God's Word and carrying it around within you as opposed to the Bible as some reference work on your shelf. And we can talk more about that later. That could be hours and hours of conversation and verses talking about how it helps to sanctify and make us more Christ-like. Let's unpack that. So as you said, everybody today has access to the Bible. I have three different versions of the Bible on my phone right now, not to mention how many in my office. Why is it still important, maybe even more so, with the access to the Bible that we still have it memorized? What are the benefits? Why would you commend uh, a Christian to memorizing Scripture? Great question. I would say a couple things, and you guys should be thinking of answers too while I'm while I'm going through these. Uh, maybe maybe a first response is that it protects us from evil, um, not just from outside, but more to the point from the evil of our own hearts. Uh, again, go back to that verse from Psalm 119, verse 11. Uh, I think of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, where parents are told to put God's word on their heart, and then the next verse, verse 7, so that they teach it to their kids, and that they, the parents, can talk about this, God's Word. The implication is throughout the day. So it's when you sit down in your house, when you get up and walk on the way, path, highway, sidewalk, way to work, when you lay down, when you wake up. So the whole thought of those two verses is put it in your heart so that you have it with you through the whole day. So reason one, protect from evil. Uh, A second reason in our time and day is that, think of uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, about having an answer for when people ask you about the hope that is in you due to Christ. Um, so I picture people at a coffee shop and maybe a friend asks you something basic about Christianity. We cannot do this. We cannot say, I got to put things on pause, wait here, I've got to go home, pull my Bible out, a couple books out, Google some stuff, I'll come back in two hours with an answer. That doesn't work. So we need to carry God's word around inside of us. And then a third area, which is huge, and you guys could come up with some reasons here, that first area to protect from evil, that's that's good. But if I protect my grandkids from bad things, that doesn't mean that within their heart, they become more godly and Christ-like. So there's certainly something about God's, the power of God's word within us, again, not just reading it and then going off to our day and putting it aside, that causes growth and Christ likeness within us. To back up a little bit is to just think again of the power of God's Word itself and what God's Word is as a means of combating evil and temptation, sin, like you're describing. It's also the means that we testify to what God has done. It's what instructs us and commends us. So, the Word itself is important and having it accessible. So, what it sounds like you're saying is memorizing, even though it feels like it's accessible to have the Bible in your pocket on your phone, to memorize Scripture is actually to make it the most immediately accessible. Because in that moment when you're being tempted by Satan, it, it could be just 
seconds where you have the opportunity to make that right decision and you're not going to have time even to go into your pocket and scroll through and decide what verses you should look at. You're going to need it to come up from within you right then. And that only happens by that preemptive work of storing it up in your heart so that it's accessible in that moment. Yeah, and it makes me think of the connection to meditation and how we're commanded to meditate on His law day and night. And I don't think you can do that with your phone in your pocket. Uh, You need it in your heart to meditate on it, to dwell on it. And then through that meditation comes uh, spiritual formation. So formation happens when we meditate on God's Word, and we need it in our hearts in order to meditate on it. I think in Psalm 1, uh, we can assume that that meditation day and night didn't mean that he was just locked up in his study staring at his very expensive lamb-skinned yeah. <laughs> uh, scrolls, yeah. right? He was he was considering it in his heart because he had stored it up, because he had memorized it. You know, we hear that influence is teaching, influence is growth, it's change, and that's so true. So think about it. If we, if we hang around people that complain right and left all day and we do that hours on end, what do what's going to happen inside of us, our minds and hearts will start complaining. So God's Word works the same way, but obviously in the opposite direction. It it creates in us virtues and godliness and love for others and a heart to worship God. With my kids, I try to teach my kids to memorize the Bible. We memorize, um, you know, shorter shorter verses as they're attached to catechisms that we're learning. We memorize longer passages, typically Psalms, that our kids can learn. I heard it put this way one time, and for my motivation for putting God's Word in the hearts of my children, who I don't know are believers yet, but I want it to be so that if you shake my kid, they vomit Bible. <laughs> Yeah, Charles Spurgeon uh, was preaching one time about John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, and he said that uh, Bunyan was so saturated in the, in the Bible that if you cut him, he would bleed bibline. <laughs> That's great. Bibleeding? 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 All over. So, hopefully our kids are all bibleen. And that reminds me, Evie, our daughter, is three, and she goes to the children's ministry here at Desert Springs. And a part of that, that Tim Bradley has worked into that, is scripture memorization that's age-appropriate. So we try to work on her with those. We get the little sheet when we come home. And um, she was uh, memorizing Psalm 145.3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. And she could rattle that off. It was so good. And so one night we were doing our family worship, and, uh, and I just thought, hey, well, let's just read all of Psalm 145. And so I started reading it, got to verse 3, read her verse, and she stopped me and she said, hey, that's my memory verse. And I said, yeah, it is. And she goes, it's in the Bible? <laughs> so I realized there was a disconnect that uh, we needed to be careful to say these verses are not on the sheet, they're from the Bible. We want you to to know that that's, that's really where this is coming from. But uh, helping kids do scripture memory is great. So I'm going to fill them with God's Word because we know the effect, the power, the living and active power God's Word has at reviving the soul. It is perfect, and it does all of these things uh, that I think we take for granted, and and often in our day we take for granted because we have such an embarrassment of access to it. It's like I don't know my wife's phone number because it's in my phone, and I don't have to remember it. I don't have to remember how to spell anything. We become lazy uh, because of technology. This is a good and right discipline. So, Ron, help us think through some different methods or tips on how to memorize Scripture. Uh, I like to organize 
tips along the lines of both and statements. Uh, I like that way of looking at this particular topic. So let me give you a few both and statements. Uh, And you actually referred to this yourself a few minutes ago. So we should memorize both individual verses and passages. Emphasis on the second, because people tend to default with individual verses. But think about it. God did not write the Bible as a big compendium of single, pithy, one-verse statements. He wrote in stories and psalms and parables, and we should memorize it uh, like that. Memorize both verses and longer passages. Yeah, it's not just verse of the day or chicken soup for the soul. God's Word is designed to be to be a complete meal for our minds and our hearts. Talk about that a little bit more, Ron, uh, the, the longer passages. Because I, I think if somebody's familiar with Scripture memorization, they might be familiar with what you're saying, doing one verse at a time. Memorizing a longer passage, what's the benefit of that? How long are we talking? What are you, what are you thinking there? So I would suggest starting with something small, not big. After all, passages are what scare people away because they think, you know, you're talking about a book of maybe 12, 20 chapters. So maybe a psalm, like Psalm 100, is a good length of psalm to to try to memorize. Maybe not Psalm 23. That might not be a bad start, but a lot of people kind of have a third of that down maybe already. So I would say start small. My own practice is I don't memorize the references when I memorize a book of the Bible. Now, some people do. Man, if you can do that, that's great. Uh, I find that that's real hard and I can accomplish more by getting through that whole book and then starting on a new item to memorize. So when I memorize verses, I memorize the address or the reference. I don't do that with longer longer works. The idea of memorizing longer passages is newer to me. So that's a discipline that uh, I've only in the last few years started engaging on. And re- memorizing whole books of the Bible, I think, is uh, that's that's what I've committed to doing. And there's been a really remarkable benefit to that. And uh, and compared to, like you're saying, memorizing single verses, I try to have especially some important go-to verses memorized so that when I'm sharing the gospel, I have those references right there that I can um, either turn there or just mention those. But yeah, memorizing a longer portion has, I think, forced me to meditate on that longer and more. And seeing the relationship between certain verses, you know, maybe not what would originally be standout verses, but committing those to memory and then seeing how they relate to the whole of a larger passage in a book um, makes every verse kind of come out in more color. And it's just been uh, a great experience. My wife and I are both trying to do this together, and it's been wonderful. Yeah, and this is a spiritual discipline that requires spiritual muscle, and that requires training, disciplining your, your mind your mind muscles to learn. If you haven't done this, then you can't expect yourself to be able to memorize large passages or large chunks if you've never disciplined yourself to do that. So, for you, Ron, what what specifically does it look like for you to memorize chapters, books, and how do you retain that? Let me give you another both-and because it'll link directly into what you're asking about. Another both-and statement that I like in terms of wording is memorize new material, meaning verses or passages, and review what you've done in the past. So you guys will know this. It is so, so easy, especially in our culture, which is not based on orality, which is speaking, or orality, A-U-R-A-L, which is listening. But we're based more on a written culture. I know we're moving away from that in past decades. But uh, we're still reliant on things like you said, your wife's cell being in your cell phone, not in your, not in your memory. So it's so easy for us to forget what we've learned in the past. Uh, I fail all the time at pulling out 
passages or single verses that I've learned in past years, and it seems to just take a matter of a few months, and it's slipping out of memory. Is that your guys' experience? Absolutely. Yep. Let me give you a third both and. A third both and would be memorize both what you're drawn to, what you like or enjoy, and what you may not be drawn to or perhaps have just ignored, not intentionally, but you know, you just have never read that particular book. So if people are starting memory, they tend to think, oh, okay, I'm going to start with Psalm 23, and maybe I'll add in John 1.1 and John 14.6, and oh, yeah, got to add in some verses from Romans. Uh, so they think of these things they like and have heard dozens of times before. Do that, but also think of maybe a book you've never studied. So if you've never looked at, at Nahum, man, take some time this summer, block out a few hours to not only introduce yourself to the book and read through it a few times, but pick a verse or even part of a verse to memorize from Nahum. So, and then a final both, and this is more methodology, so this would get back to your question about at least how do I do it, what, what have I found helpful, not so much content that you memorize, and that is memorize both according to a plan, which we've been talking about, things like do new stuff, review old stuff, do not just a single verse, do a passage. But in terms of methodology, uh, do both a plan and informal or organic times. So here's what that looks like for me. Uh, in the morning in my devotionals, I've got the memory stuff I'm working on. So that's part of my plan. That's organized. And yet throughout the day, and you've probably heard people say this before, man, utilize those times like you're waiting for a doctor's appointment or you're driving in the car. Now, if you're driving in the car, you're not looking at stuff. <laughs> but you can be repeating things that are in your mind. And I actually have written verses in that passenger seat. And, you know, when I started a stoplight, because I know some long stoplights in Albuquerque, uh, and I'm at the beginning of one, I'll pull the page out. Or I pull in the car and park before I head into my appointment. I can take two or three minutes to actually look at that piece of paper. So one thing I've that's worked for me is I, I print up verses, I cut them into small pieces of paper, and I put them into old baseball card plastic holders. I know that kind of has died out with kids these days, but when I was young, we collected baseball cards right and left. And uh, I still use these, because otherwise the piece of paper gets pretty worn in your pocket day after day. So I've always got little baseball cards baseball card collectors, clear plastic collector card holders with verses in them that I can pull out from my pocket or, or ones lying around the car. Yeah, I've seen guys use the uh, the lock screen on their phones because how many oh, times do we yeah. look at our phones yeah. every day? Too many times. They'll take a screenshot of a, of a passage or a verse or two and make that the lock screen on your phone. So every time you look at your phone, even to just check the time, the, the text is there and you can consider it. <laughs> See, that's... Hilarious. I'm so old school, I would have never even thought of that. But I'm sure <laughs> my kids, you know, that's old hat to them. Old school meets new school. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm still a note card guy, a note card and a rubber band. Just I could have guessed that. Yeah, about you. <laughs> Ron, something that I've heard you share that I just think is uh, incredible is you've recommended people memorize one verse out of every book of the Bible. Yeah, so about maybe 15 years ago, I started working on that as a project, both personally and then writing it up. And this is what kind of convicted me that 15 years ago. I thought ahead and thought, man, if God allows me to live through my 70s and 80s or into my 80s, and I would hate to die and not have 
studied one of the 66 books of the Bible, or maybe not to have memorized anything from that book. I think especially with younger Christians or people starting out in memory, again, that goes back to that both and of do what you enjoy doing, but also look at stuff you've never looked at. So I came up with a system in which I memorized a verse or often part of a verse, might just be four or five words of every one of the 66 books. The goal is get through that in a year. So you could do maybe two books every week and even take some weeks off and get through that within a year. So you have this written down. It's not just in your head, and we could send it out to people. Oh, yes, definitely. I wrote it up and would be glad to make it available. I want to put this to the test. What is your memory verse for the book of Ruth? Uh, Ruth is 3-9, you are a redeemer. So you are a redeemer. That's just four words. Uh, So many of these have only five, six, seven words or so. It's not a whole verse. And again, the idea is get people through this. Give them that sense of accomplishment that, hey, I can't believe it. In the past year, or you could even do it over a summer, I have something memorized from every one of the 66 books. And if you're listening, he actually did quote that. He didn't have a baseball card or anything in front of him with uh, with Ruth. Something else that you do, Ron, that I love is you come up with little mnemonic devices or memory methods to help you, just aid you in that process of memorizing these verses. Yeah, so again, I want to make it really user-friendly and easy to get through. And sometimes friends help me with these. So an example would be the verse in Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. Uh, And I don't do the whole verse. Uh, What I do is, you shall love the Lord your God. Now, you guys would know right away, man, there's more stuff after that. There's a little list after that. But I stop it at that, you shall love the Lord your God. And I didn't really have a hook for that. I just knew that was a key verse in Deuteronomy until a friend of mine, a tall guy himself at at, uh, over six feet, said, you know what, Ron, if you're 6'5", you're a tall guy or gal and would be great at things like basketball, and that's a tall order in the book of Deuteronomy. And I thought, oh, man, (laughs) Rick, you you nailed it. I'll always remember 6'5 for Deuteronomy from now on. You're saying we should memorize our height in every book of the Bible. (laughs) I I don't think that's what he's saying. Yeah. (laughs) There's not a first five, ten, and three quarters in the Bible. So, So Ron, you've got that list of 66 verses and those themes. I'd love to make that available to the church. Another resource that I would recommend to everyone is uh, a little booklet called An Approach to Extended Memorization of Scripture by Dr. Andrew Davis. Um, This has helped me a lot. Dr. Davis just has a method for memorizing whole books of the Bible. That's that's, uh, his strategy. And um, this is a really practical book. He's got some helpful prescriptions for starting out and just memorizing one verse a day, but it's all in the same book of the Bible, and then he's got a helpful way of going back and reviewing. And one of the things that I love that I I can't wait to be at this point is he assigns uh, a day every month that he goes and and reviews these books that he has memorized. So the first of every month, he goes back through and reviews the book of Ephesians so that he can just keep it fresh. Uh, So that booklet, it looks like it's available for free on the the web. So, scripturememory.com uh, is Dr. Davis's book. That one is really helpful. And as far as resources go, I would be uh, remiss as a music guy if I didn't say that music is a powerful memory tool. So true. Uh, I grew up in a home that sang together, and I was homeschooled, so we sang everything. And as we sing in church, it is a form of letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. I would recommend uh, people learning to sing the Bible. We do that 
in a in a way with our with our psalm projects. But there are other good resources out there of verbatim songs, scripture songs. Uh, Seeds Family Worship, who we we mentioned in our uh, Family Worship podcast, uh, does a really good job. Uh, my friend Adam Wright, who goes under the name The Corner Room, puts together really, really beautiful scripture arrangements of Psalms. He's done Isaiah 53, he's done 1 Corinthians 13, and it's just verbatim scripture, and they are beautiful arrangements. So, I would commend those to you. Let me close by reading from John 15 when Jesus says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Ron, thanks so much for taking the time. And I'm sure that this will produce much fruit in our body and God will be glorified through it. You've been listening to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information or updates about what's going on at DSC, you can go to our website at dscabq.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Lord willing, we'll have another episode for you next week. But until then, on behalf of Chase Jacobs, And Ron Giese, I'm Drew Hodge. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah, Charles Spurgeon, the huge head. Do you want me to do the intro? No, I I never say anything that's funny. I don't even know the intro anymore. Yeah, Charles Spurgeon. These are all for the outtakes. Because we have no idea what we're doing. I'm really disappointed about that. Welcome back! I don't really like Mike Myers. I never got... What are we even doing here? Say something really funny, Ron. I'll do the outro this time. Yeah, Charles Spurgeon.